The opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the host. Hey, this is Maz and Juan. I'm Maz. And I'm Juan. And um, on Maz and Juan this week, we're going to be debating one of the timeless, the most timeless topics and debatable topics in the history of humanity. And that's religion. And I blame Moss for this because he recently oh, gave... Oh, are you doing religion or religion? Really? God. Oh, you can't have one debate without the other. No, I don't think... I think they're they're not completely, you know, the same debate. They're related to one another. But yeah, but you, you can't have... Well, anyway, so before we get into <laughs> it, we also want to introduce Andrew Jarrell Jones, who's one of our colleagues at The Intercept. Thanks for joining us, Andrew. Yes, I'm a special guest. I look completely different from who the regular guest is going to possibly be this week, but um, I'm glad to fill in and be the special guest from two feet away from you in the office. Great. We think it's important always like to give space and venue and time to these really important debates. But anyway, what were you saying now? Well, okay, let's just get started debating. No, well, you said you can't. The two well, things I mean, are distinctly I, different. I, 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 they overlap, but they fundamentally... They do more than overlap, though. No, they don't. They they do overlap, but they're not definitively one and the other. Why? Because the word religion has taken on political connotations, and they're so expansive that they don't necessarily correlate one to one with this a philosophical position of the existence of God. And what would be your argument for the philosophical existence? Well, I mean, it's a big argument. And it's like time consuming, but I guess <laughs> the first thing is yeah, I know that uh, it seems it's just from a logical perspective. Everything in existence has some contingent reality, like or it's contingent upon something else. And if you look back at the creation of the world and creation of all existence, it has to be contingent on something that existed before it. So you can go back in the chain. Nothing in the world exists today which is not contingent on something else. Nothing has absolute existence, which is materially at least. And therefore, looking back throughout history, back to the first moment of time, it still has to be contingent on something else because everything in the physical world is contingent. Its existence cannot be non-contingent. Not necessarily, it's, 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 Not necessarily. It's, it's, you said looking back at the existence of the Earth and whatnot, everything has to be contingent upon something else. But the argument then that I would make to counter you would be you don't know, like, what came before the Earth's formation. No, we don't. You, so you can't say that we we're putting our um, logics, I think the word you use, onto something that happened long, long oh, before no, you don't but, know. But the thing is, you agree that the world itself is rationally intelligible, right? To an extent. Right. It is. It's like you can, like, compared to a world which nothing made sense and just was not, it, it's a world which is intelligible. Fair enough. And it's, a logically, it's logically incoherent that everything that's, that's, you know, the composite parts of the world have one characteristic of contingency, but the world itself, made up of all these composite parts, does not have that characteristic. It would be a logical, you know, absurdity. It's so logic I, because you're 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 um, the world is putting your sense of logic onto a vast fourteen and a half billion year old universe. But we're agreeing that the we world. don't know. And secondly, like I was just telling you a few moments ago, you can't decouple when you talk about religion, the philosophical existence of God. You can't decouple these things. That's why I said well, I, mean, I think your argument is kind of moot. I mean, because most people in the world don't buy into that. No, I don't think. I think there's a big there's a big leap between from your deism, which is the kind of argument you're making. Oh, I would say it's deism. Oh, how Because I say that all religions contain some element of philosophical truth. For the most part, the, listen, the most part... I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> for the most part, 
a lot of it is a man-made political edifice, which is built around certain philosophical truths. And those, you know, those components of it may even differ or be so tangential to the underlying truth that they become, they can do harm to it, or they could be, you know, which it is often done, which often is done, absolutely. But that does not, you know, take away from the fact that there are certain material realities or certain, I'm sorry, existential realities which are embodied within most religions, pretty much all religions, I would say, that are true and they cannot be really rationally debunked. Like what? Like, well, uh, like what I was just talking about. You mean the existence of God? Yeah, the Kalam or cosmological this, um, argument. this great creator that's in the sky? Well, okay, the little, I say he's in the sky. That's not... That's not <laughs> specifically, you got that one. No. I'm sure because, you, you know, we've been discussing this book recently, The Experience of God by David Bentley Hart, yes. who's an Orthodox Christian theologian. And this idea of a God who's in the sky, who's like the greatest being of all beings, and, you know, he's like a magician involving... He has to be world. using your argument, no, no. because you are crediting him with creating the universe and with creating the earth. No, no, and that's creating us. Absolutely not. This is what he discusses in this very well entrenched philosophical concept. That's not God. That's a demiurge, and that's someone who, a cosmic magician who's sort of you know involving himself in the world. And he's up there. No, I did not say. I did not say involving himself and, in the and, world. And I said responsible for the creation, he, the construction. It's, of it's the world. a big being, like he's like us, but just much bigger. Like basically what the art. No, and I think that's also a kind of a fossil analysis of the way that most people see their God. I don't think they see him as a bigger. Like a, um, like a, like a powerful like, version of like, like a big entity, like an omnipresent entity. Or, you said a big I did not say omnipresent. I did not say omnipresent. I did not say planet say, daily role in our lives. But he has, in order for your your theory to make to be true and to make sense, mm. and this God that you speak of and use the word God, not me, use the word to I describe think, your I think it's the, the most appropriate has word. to be a person or has to be something that created all this. So in that way, he has to be a big time creator. No, I don't think like he. You're thinking like he's a creator in the sense like you, you know, rationally set to do something, you create it. That's not like that's not the same thing. But the Earth is very logic. Is or it's very logical, it logical right? So logically, so then that who, first. Okay, so then uh, now this is. A, I think we should expand on the argument a little bit. Okay, fair so enough. So what? Like, what are the attributes of God which most religions ascribe, ascribe to God? Like uh, omnipresence, uh, timelessness. Uh, omnipotence, these kind of things. So what are the things in our world which the f- attributes in our world which correspond to that? Nothing material. Like everything in the material world is like slowly fading away. Okay. The mountains are dying. We're slowly dying. Everything, dying around us is, everything around is going away. But the things which are timeless are these certain values and attributes which we experience in the world. Like, for instance, you know, people equate God with justice and love and truth. And, you know, even people who don't believe in God, they still give absolute values to these things for okay. the, on themselves. These are this is a holdover from religion. Like now these, let's just back up your claim. Now these these are manifestations of God, as I described it, the timelessness and those things which are timeless in the world, which are attributed as being good. That is God manifesting in our lives. So wait, the things that we, Andrew, and mm-hmm. you feel free to jump in. So the things that we see as being good and are omnipotent, they're timeless, man- and ever manifestations of this God that you believe right. exists. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, let, let me let me jump in by saying I was waiting for you guys to show emotion here because clearly you guys are not passionate oh, <laughs> about this. I think he's being sarcastic. And I got to say that I can't believe that no one would give the he or she debate towards God because you know some people 
Definitely, we'll do that overall. I think that's a sign of like uh, that he or she is anthropomorphizing God. That's like making God in something like us, mm-hmm. referring to him as he or she. Mm-hmm. And of course, the constraints of language of such people are you know rendered into this. But it's also a natural state of humans that they slip back into like you know superstition and all this. That's why popular religion mm-hmm. you describe. Most people believe in a religion which is like just superstition and like you know contains many logical impossibilities. So, anyways, yeah, that's a good point you brought up. Yeah. So, and uh, and just the fact that I guess we could say that God created um, CBS's Big Bang Theory, Jim Parsons overall. But like, just to be serious about that in regards to the whole talk, in regards to the continuation debate, um, I just feel overall that you can't have like a basis of creation in regards to something that just is going to be popping up out of nowhere, popping up out of nowhere, where there has to be a starting point overall thing if you want to believe in God or in a high being overall. So I think overall that you, whether you believe one higher being put in place a Big Bang Theory or putting, the play, or putting other movements in regards to the creation of the world overall, I think that point is pretty prevalent in regards to that. I, I think, though, that you, you can't really just lose, I guess, the philosophical angle towards it to just strengthen it, because then people would just say that, oh, this is just philosophy. I need concrete evidence. I need a concrete presence to see stuff. And what I would say is that I think history or certain history that has been proven to at least be accepted by the majority of masses has shown that there's evidence that, hey, there could easily be a higher being that has constructed the world. And these are some examples to strengthen that overall, you know. So I, I think that there, historically, you could make the argument, most have, that there are examples to me that you could say of a higher being overall. Well, I want to I pick up on the point you made about it being philosophical, which is going back to your point, Maz, mm-hmm. before we went on, mm-hmm. which is I said I think you're, the case you're making is kind of moot. Because let me finish, let me finish, let me finish, let me finish, because the billions of people who live on the earth, the overwhelming majority of them do not share that belief. And we have to be practical when we're talking about God and we're talking about religion. And the reason, and the way that God, maybe not your God, but the God that is um, claimed and worshipped by the billions of people on this earth, the way that he or it functions, it's a horrible thing in my opinion. It's a horrible I, I don't thing think that's true at all. I think that, you know, there are clearly many horrible things which have done, been done in the name of religion. There still are today. We've talked about everything from, like, ISIS to the exploitative, like, pre- preachers who, like, exploit poor people, which we've discussed quite a lot. Creflo to, Dollar. Yeah, Creflo Dollar. This is undeniable. This is always about history. But people have also been, and I would argue more, it's maybe less sensational, they've been compelled to do many good things in the name of religion throughout but, history. Yeah, well, good of course things that we could have done without religion. But they've been compelled for that. It's institutionalized good values in people. And that's not true that's uh, necessarily, you know, our values, like, we, the, you know, imputing truth as an absolute good or cherry as an absolute good, these things came from religion, even if they have taken on secular no, they Yes, they did. They did. Oh, the, the idea about... I mean, well, well, why, why is truth... To, like, do you think truth is a good thing? Like, truth, like, just it, on its own, like, as absolute value is good? Well, it depends on the context. I, I, I mean, I can't say, I mean, on its own, the truth is a good thing. But I do know the argument you're making is that 
um, a lot of our morality comes from religion. Of course it does. And I think it's. I think it's not true. Secular, I think it's not secular true. humanism draws so much from Christianity. So, so it's like a post-Christian philosophy. Absolutely. Those those ideas came from. Those ideas come from us. They don't come from God. They don't come from religion. Yeah, but they're, we they're, impose they're, those they're ideas. From our interactions. We use those ideas and we put them onto religion, just they're, like we usually take our wickedness and our nefarious ideas, like you just you were talking about ISIS and shit like that, mm. and we put that onto religion as well. But that that but. but well, that's that point is moot. No, that point's well, not moot. I'm saying though, if you have if you have systems that allow people to engage in um, horrible mistreatment and um, um, treachery and evilness, but then you should but tackle they, those systems. They, they, even they, if that includes but, religion, but they, they prescribe those things. Like, even if people do them, you know, who prescribes those things? Religion. religion? Yeah. You mean the like being evil and shit? You being evil and shit? Yeah, I agree with you. And so does the so does the God and so does the God who believe in the sky as well. No, 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 not not proscribe. (laughs) Proscribe. No, but the thing is, like, look, like. Wait, what are you gonna say? Yeah, I was gonna say like you genuinely believe that this comes from man, overall human beings. I think our morality comes from us. Yes. Yes, and I think our ideas of justice and truth and love and all of that. They've been constructed by us. So, so you just, who, who are we? Who are we? Yeah. We're the human beings. So what, does that, what does that mean? What do you mean? What does that mean? We're human beings. We have flesh. We have feelings toward each other. That's who we are. So you have some mental you know, existence beyond flesh. Like, what is do it? Do I have a mental yes, existence beyond flesh? What is it? What's the what's allowing us to have this conversation as opposed to just being automatons? Like the most, like the most, the most natural, the most logical, you know, explanation or for the world in a materialist <laughs> worldview is that you know we'd function just like biological machines interacting with each other without being able to have this debate. Or you know, there's this famous C.S. Lewis quote that you know there are things. Yeah, in this world, to me a couple right. ago, but yeah, you can repeat it. There are things in this world, you know. Their desires to have in this world, which cannot be satisfied by anything in this world, which lends itself to the belief that there is something beyond it that has satisfied those existential needs. Like, well, that quote does, yeah, right, right. But who are we? We're human beings, Mars. What, what does that mean? We're human beings, Mars. You and I are sitting at this table right now. That's what's miraculous. What is it? What is it? That is what is miraculous about the whole human species and the human experiment on Earth. You and I have survived. All the horrors that accompany humanism, so, you know, this, and that this, we are this, able this to have this conversation right now. And that's not, secular, which but, says that secularism is Christianity with yourself replacing Jesus and Christianity. That's what, like, what, what, what does do you mean, mean with myself with the human? Yeah, the deification of humans. Who, I'm not deifying humans. Yeah, essentially, I'm saying that we all we are all that we have. The, the miracle. We are all that we have, and even what? if we go back to your, the first point you were making about um, God, as you call it again, not me. Being in the sky, it's completely We're, irrelevant. I, it's completely it, it, irrelevant. Okay, for, for three, for three points, three points. For, not being in the sky, my bad. For, you didn't for, say for, being in the sky. First of all, yeah. it's, not, it's not irrelevant. It's it is too irrelevant. It's, 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 what is the point of it then, Moss? If, if what you say no, is no, true, no, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. First of all, it's not irrelevant because, like, first of all, from a political standpoint, I don't think that uh, look, what you're imputing on people, I don't think it's true that they most of them believe X, Y, Z. How do you know that? How do you know that they do? Because they say so. Because they say so. Let me finish. No. All right, fine. Okay, I'll let you finish. I believe in... Look, guys, I just believe... I just, I just want to know. I want to believe that the dress is still blue and black. That's all I can say. <laughs> so, okay, essentially, first of all, the first point I made about, like, contingency, you never responded to that accurately. Because, like, based on your own 
My point about really, contingents. Like the first contingent cause in the world. Like you said. Because it, the earth is logic, there has to right, be something right. this contingent. There has to be one contingent cause at the beginning, which encompasses all the subsequent causes, mm-hmm. logically. There's no response to that. It just, it's an irrefutable point. Well, I mean, I can't dispute that. You can't yeah. dispute that. Exactly. I mean, I can't. And neither, and neither can you claim that there is, because the earth is logical, that means that there has to be something behind it. No, but you can't. You can't. I'm still going. I'm still going. I'm still going. So, the, and the manifestations of those things, which all religions identify as the characteristics of God, which are, you know, timelessness, uh, omnipresence, <laughs> all this stuff. The, those things are identifiable in things I pointed out to you, those concepts. Okay. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. So, that's two. And number three, like, you know, this whole, <laughs> this whole number three, number uh, three, this whole linguistic thing about God, like it just, that word just automatically comports something which not everyone, you know, that's what they experience it as. And most people don't have to be, be get into the philosophy. Most people don't? They don't have to. Why should they? Like, there's no reason for them to. They just live their lives normally according to the, what they are told is right. And a lot of, in religion, the things, no, which is, the, the things which are religion today are man-made, but they do contain certain We agree on that. They contain, they contain certain timeless truths, which I just kind of mentioned. Timeless truths that um, don't necessarily come from God. No, they do. The, the timeless truths are... Oh. The, 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 no, no. The, the, no, no. The human race... Most people today who um, the, the, believe in God and religion and the, whatnot, the human, they do so... They don't, they don't have these arguments about the philosophical. They don't need to. They don't need to. They don't need to because their God doesn't require them to do so. The human race is God, which is... You know, as manifested in those timeless attributes, experiencing itself, like that's where the vessels for that experience, our mental experience, is that. So that's your definition of God now. We cannot define God completely, but that's the proof that there is a God. The fact that we are human. All those things I said just now. Oh yeah, well, there's no evidence to support Mazda's position. I, 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 I think you are, you have to no, manage. That, 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 that is so that, 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 that is You just dismissed that like no, because that's what you mean. In a lab one day, I found like the DNA of God, and here's like his piece hand on the scroll. I don't have to answer that question. Of course, you do. You are the one who is making the case for it. I don't have to answer that question. Your position is logically like you're taking a faith in a world which is logically absurd. You're going out your way to first. Assert the world is logically absurd, basically, because you cannot account for its existence based on you know contingent first causes, which encompass all later causes, and you couldn't refute the you know the attributes. I can't refuse this saying no. When you just say, well, love or timelessness and justice, um, this is the manifestation these, of God. These, these of all, course, I mean, there's. Well, right. Let me ch- let me chime in for a let second. Me, the material, the material world has to exist when something encompasses everything before it. Well, there's, there's nothing you can say well, to that. Well, it goes like his, his main his point right there where it says, okay, before we were here or whatnot, <laughs> like, we, we, have, we have oxygen, we have plants here, other stuff. And it goes to the question, like, what was here before we were here? Or were we here when it started? And clearly, sometimes in history, it shows that we came after world was created so it's like that preface where you say to yourself okay we're the only beings of natural order or main beings here on earth and that's all that matters but what came the question always says what came before us then if this place was here and then we then popped up you know and that's something where if those that don't believe in god they that still question as well as people that believe in god or some people that do, that's something that they're still trying to figure out where it's just hard for those that are atheists or not, not 
to just say, okay, well, we were just here and it just is, yeah, it just, this is like a postulate. We, it just was, we just here and there's no need to explain. This is a good point. I want to point this out as well to you as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not, no one's can definitively show you that, but if you put forth these points, it's a plausible philosophical position. Like a big guy in the sky is not plausible, but what I'm pointing out to you is plausible. And the thing is, you can try experience it yourself and determine, but it is, it's, it's not, you can't how, just How is a big guy in the sky, That's not how possible. is that not plausible? I when mean, you, like, when you, in essence, your argument boils down absolutely not to that. Th- then you didn't understand my argument. I did understand your argument. I just how think, is that I, big guy I, in the sky? I think it's a weak, I think well, it's a weak let, argument. Let me, let me pivot to, let me pivot to, that's, 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 that's the exact antithesis of the argument I'm making, the big let guy me, in the sky. Let me, let me pivot to this question then. So, in this case then, do you believe, say, in heaven or hell or purgatory or... Or after the allegories. Okay. Allegories. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You've told me before you do believe in an afterlife. Well, I do. But like, it's not like the way like he's describing like, how do you, the how palm fronds. The only reason it's being described in that way is because we cannot, exp- there's no rational words or language or prior experience no, that no. can explain it. The only because re- it's something outside the material world. The only reason it's been described in that can way only is be, because human beings, since we've been on this earth, look for patterns. We seek answers to questions that we don't know, which is what you're doing. You don't, you don't know the answer to this question. You're seeking something because you need, human beings always need to have everything explained to them, which is why you can conjure up this idea of um, justice like, or timelessness and humanity being the manifestation of God. I mean, it's a normal the, the human the, the, reaction the, the, to the, want to explain. The, the entire world, as you've conceded, is rationally intelligible, and thus its existence can be rationally intelligible as well, too. And there are certain philosophical points which are irrefutable you can choose not to believe in them but they are there and there's no rational so, what did you say them. certain philosophical points that are irrefutable yeah okay well so <laughs> if, okay. If, you, if you believe in a pure, purely nationalistic world there are certain flaws in this argument which would make it a position which is absurd and you can go out of your way to believe something which is absurd but doesn't make it less absurd you talking about your position your position slap down ladies and gentlemen slap down I mean, that, you could describe your position that way, too. I don't, I don't think it is. Because the existence of the world, without that... Now, <laughs> oh, now, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me want to say one more point about this. Okay. And don't interrupt me before I... <laughs> let me finish. <laughs> let me finish. <laughs> what, earlier, we started this off by me attacking Maz's um, position, mm-hmm. saying that it's it's moot, it's irrelevant. Yeah. Because that's not the way that... I God, don't, well, God, do, do let me finish, man. Come on, let me finish. Let me finish. Because that's not the way... Because <laughs> that's not the way that God and religion operates for most people. Because it's... I, I, and I like to focus on the practicality of things. So when I tackle... So... Uh, I'm about to agree with you. So, <laughs> so when I tackle God and religion, I am tackling him and it in the way that it functions today. And I say it's divisive. I say it's wicked. And I say it, it attacks people like fundamentally at like our deepest core to tell us that we we already know for some people who like you, but there may be a big difference. We we don't need um, to answer these questions because I already know what caused all this. I already know what's behind this, which is God. We don't need to um, have these debates about what's true and what's just and talking about love because it's already manifested in us through God. And I think that's a... Talk about philosophical. I think that's a dangerous uh, I, argument. I think, I think what you're describing is fundamentalism, which is not just only manifested in religion. This desire of absolute certainty, not needing to question anything. That's what you because, need. Because because there are that's people. You there need. are people in the world who have absolute certainty that there isn't anything, and they don't. No one should question that either. Which is like the position of these uh, materialist atheists throughout history, like 
you know, Sam Harris. Yeah, yeah. The people <laughs> that, that, that absolute certainty which bleeds into chauvinism. Like, I don't think you can believe chauvinism. anything. You, I, don't think, I don't think you can ever believe anything which you haven't questioned or you haven't seriously questioned a lot. I've questioned it's a lot. I've questioned it's a lot. I'm not talking about you. I'm not saying you're a chauvinist. I'm just saying there oh, are there okay. are people. <laughs> so, let, so, let, so let me ask that point. Like, with both of you guys' positions, when did you feel the moment you got challenged? With both of your positions, where you doubt it and said, "Okay, I believe that there's a God," or "I don't believe that there's a God," and then what led you to stay on that course to believe, "No, there is a God," or "There isn't a God." For me, there's a quote by Francis Bacon, which a little bit of philosophy leads someone's mind towards atheism, and then a lot of philosophy leads it back towards religion. That's basically what happened to me. Yeah. What about you? Have you ever believed in God? Of course, I have believed in God. Yeah, I have. And And what was the point where you were like, "No"? Well, one of the points that I didn't realize, well, when I just started to to read and to do more scholarship about uh, my Christian faith, mm-hmm. I realized we're talking about my. Yeah, God. I know. I think, and I also think it's what, arrogant for there, you to tell point, other there's people. A, there's a point I wanted to make that what well, you said before, which I forgot to make. But go on. What was the point? You're talking about the practical realities and all the bad things which have happened and are still happening with religion, chauvinism, close-mindedness, sectarianism, needless division. Those are things that are all true, but these are political realities. They're not philosophical realities. And you can attack, you know, even the whole edifice of organized religion, mm-hmm. most of it, but there's still cores within them which are not sectarian by nature, which... Of course, that's true for everything. That's true for everything. I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing so the word, that. Okay, then you're taking like a Marxist position of attacking religion in the way it manifests in the world a lot, most of the time, depressing well, the Well, also, I don't think there's any evidence to support your, your opinion and your assertion okay. that it's a god. And I think your argument that... It, I mean, we're going around in circles on it. I think your argument that it's manifesting in us, I think... I mean, you know, that makes for a fine philosophical argument, but it's completely irrelevant. Philosophy isn't true. Philosophy isn't true. So it's a fine philosophical argument? Yeah. So it's rationally intelligent and defensible? Philo- philosophy no, 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 isn't wait. true, just Ma. Philosophy yeah. isn't truth, Ma. You just can see my point. I did not concede the point. I said that makes for a fine philosophical argument, but it does not make for an argument on the daily impact of our lives and the practicality and the, these, the, the these, material these, evidence for this. That's, what, are, I, that's these, the argument these, I made. These, these are two separate uh, discussions. I'm not arguing... I do, I do think I'm, on some... I do think... I'm not arguing is religion a positive force in the world today? Because I, I think it's debatable, but like... and I. I think it's not an easy question. I think it's lo- it's locally. It's locally. Well, I think it, it is an easy it, it, question. It's, 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 it's a locally because like people like liberation theologists in Latin America were they like bad when they were the way they employed religion? I don't think so. Like it's a local localized question. So I don't think it's possible to answer that question. Well, I do. I think. I, I well, I think it is. And obviously, I come down on one side, but um, well, that's philosophy. Philosophy is a separate debate. That is a separate debate. I tell you, Tom Cruise would be jumping on his couch somewhere. Like after hearing this debate, in terms of being how entertained he was, clearly. I do sympathize with your position. Like I'm not like well, well, anti your position. Like I, I understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And I, where, where am I coming from? You're coming from a place of moral outrage, which I can always appreciate because I feel a lot of moral outrage about things as well too. And I can see Definitely. how you'd be so angry at this that you just want to throw all of that because these people are like obviously so corrupt and taking advantage of the poor. In many cases, using this closed mind behavior. To justify all sorts of barbarities, like the worst of all people are using this stuff, and I can I've I totally can empathize with that, but I still think that I don't think these people who, in many cases, the worst and the most cynical and violent and chauvinistic, should inherit things which are at their core good, and why should they have monopoly over it? They don't. They don't. They, they do. These, well, I mean, you, these you, religious you, people don't. They. They, I mean, they may think and they may operate in a way when they believe that they have the moral high ground on someone like me, but that's not true. But I mean, just because you feel like it does doesn't mean it's true. You're talking about God. 
and like materialism. No, actually, you. Did, did, do you have you, a strictly materialist worldview? Do I have a strictly materialist yeah. worldview? Well, I mean, judging from this debate, it appears so. Yes. And on that topic, <laughs> you guys are giving each other big romance hug. One more thing, though. Do you see why I say your whole argument is irrelevant? I don't think it's irrelevant. Why? What is well, it? Because it's the most. I mean, all right. Let me it's, let me stipulate that you from, let me stipulate that you're true mm-hmm. or what you're saying is true. Right, right. I'm stipulating that. Right, I right. reject it because right. I don't think there's any evidence. Right. But let's stipulate it. What is the relevancy? Because we have we're you know mentally alive beings in the world who have questions about our existence, and there's a need for answers to those questions, and there are answers for it because, as I mentioned, the world is rationally intelligible, and you've agreed to that. So, regardless of the political context that's going on day to day. People need to. They, there are things in our mind which you know to seek out these answers, and they're 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 there. They're there to be found. They're there to be found. Yeah. and that's so that's relevance, which is that that's we, very extremely relevant. Which I made the argument earlier that we can okay. seek answers if, to things if, that if, we can't if, explain. If, if there's no, if you know, the answer is a strictly materialist worldview, there's nothing really. There's no absolute for us to reference to, so there's no reason that pragmatically we shouldn't do horrible things sometimes because that's it's, it's, is, it's, it's in the greater that's good of humanity. There because is a, because it's in there the greater is a good of Just because we. The idea that we have all these, um, I, this, this moral, these moral schemes that we so have. I, 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 let me finish. Let me finish. It come from God, and there's no reason for us to not to do horrible things. It's not true. We don't do horrible things to each other because we want to survive. We don't do horrible things to each other because I may love my brother. I may love my sister. I don't want to see them hurt. And those are feelings that are innate in me. Those are feelings that are innate in all the beings on this earth. And that does not mean because I have those feelings or because I reject certain immoral things that I ha- that has to come from someplace else. The thing is, do you, if you think these things are absolute good, they're absolute values, and like no contingency or no you know other scenario can but change things, them. That's a religious thing. The these things aren't absolutes. Though. Our moral the our moral schemes have evolved and changed over time. Like things that are bad now, or pardon me, that that we we reject now were acceptable centuries ago. Where was your God when all this horrible thing was? These things were happening. If love is manifested and truth and justice is manifested through God, mm-hmm. where was well, He when all this horrible well, shit was happening? The whole all world history is not one cavalcade well, of horrors. It's not true. And the, the, I know it is true, but the, the, the world the, is safer the, now the, the than people, it was centuries ago. People have done this in many cases are not religious, first of all, and like. You know, you can hijack. No, I'm not. I'm not even saying like they're they're doing this on the basis of religion. You are the one who made the argument that all these positive attributes <laughs> are manifested in us by God. No, you, can, you, 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 you can choose to engage with the things or not. Like you well, can go away away from them. They exist in absolutes. You don't yeah, have to. You well, can deny them and yeah. look See, for your own petty material <laughs> self interest. Well, uh, <laughs> well, uh, well, 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 I know you're making, I know, I know, I know. But again, no fair-minded listener can hear you say ten minutes ago What's it, that humans, that um, God is manifested in us as humans and all these these positive yeah. attributes. Yeah. But then you say people, you can reject them and throw them of aside. You can. If God is manifested in you, of course you can. You can't easily you can move, reject you, them you, and you throw can them move, You can move towards those things, at, no. even as if it's expensive, your material reality, or you can reject no, them no. and look for something which is temporal and won't last. Which is, you, you can absolutely no, do that. And that argument that you're just making is the same argument um, that a lot of Christian people make, which is that we... That God lives vicariously through us in some way, which is what you're saying as well. I and now, and then, and then you, and then you back, and then you circle around and say, "Well, if you want to reject it, yeah, you can." Of course, it doesn't make any sense. No, 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 no. 
I think it's this thing of God is living through us. In an anthropomorphic way, I think there's certain values which are manifest in the world which you can either move towards and indulge in or you can reject. And that's the, you're moving towards or away from God in that sense. Thankfully, um, the research shows that people in our generation are moving away from this God. Is, this is a, that's a good It's an immaterial point. It's an immaterial point. And you well, know what? Yeah. As long as people have existential questions, they always will. They always keep coming back to us. Never I'm lose. glad. Uh, you know what? I'm yeah. glad. That's a good thing about our speech is that we do have these questions. And that some of us are constantly... Why is that a good thing then? If it's it, always a good if, thing. If, the question, if, everything. If no one had existential questions, they would never made a religion in the first place. There's no need for it. That's a good thing about us having these questions. That's a good thing. If we didn't have these questions and evolutionarily there's no real reason for us to have them. Why, Mars? Existential I, I said, I said, I said from the outside. Oh, we got, we got the show. We're, we're way over. <laughs> All right, good point. Um, <laughs> real time, Mars and Mars. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> do you think we should do totally something good? It's already late. Oh, are we going to fight? <laughs> no, no, no. You're going to give each other just a pound, a hug, and a kid I, and play dance. I, I, like I said, I empathize with your position. I know where it comes from. I mean, I empathize with your position too. Because right. most people, they seek answers and they make up things when they can't it's figure it out. It's not made up. Those is like irrefutable. Yeah. That's not it's well, okay. To be discussed, uh, to be continued. I don't know. Should Ellipsis. we do something good? Yeah, why not? Yeah, we were already running over. What the fuck? Uh, all right. Um, anyway, so Andrew, tell me something good. Cool. All right. It won't be as hotly <laughs> debated as this one, although it was hotly debated. But um, Serena Williams, noted tennis player, she's um, returning to the tournament that she's boycotted for 14 years. Funny enough, I did a piece on the Guardian about it, but... Um, yeah, I saw that. I didn't even know you had put that up until I saw someone else tweet it. Yeah, I just snuck it in on the side, you know, little Guardian paper or whatnot. But yeah, it was just like the whole perspective of it really was how the media have tried, and the mostly white media and have just basically tried to say that she's matured by her making this decision. And it comes to a point when they say that from a perspective that Serena and her, her, also St. Venus... Um, were immature by boycotting the tournament because of their decision to do it when they were getting booed and for Venus and her father, Rich's case, heard that they were getting racial slurs from the crowd and stuff. So it comes from, a, a to me, an erroneous perspective of them saying that, and I just wanted to focus on how they were wrong and, no, this doesn't mean that Serena matured. It just means that she was really being generous by coming to a tournament that she didn't need anymore. So, yeah. And the tournament starts tonight, yes? Yeah, I mean, you know, her her first match is tonight because this this tournament's like been going away for three days, but the top players get a bye. So her first match, her first return to Indian Wells in fourteen years is tonight, <clears throat> or as of this podcast. Yeah, probably. Mom, still <laughs> something good. <laughs> and try not to piss me off this side. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just kidding, everybody. <laughs> oh no, yeah, kind of. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kind of, kind of. I'm reading a book about ISIS. And it's a group oh, which is religiously religious inspired <laughs> doing all these horrible things. And somehow it's not bothering me in that way. Like, I think they're just fucked up people and that's fine. And they're doing this. And some of them are motivated by this ideological zeal. I can compartmentalize that from existential th- truths, which maybe, you know, they also invoke. Well, I'm telling something good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people laugh when they get in heated arguments. Um, so I'm reading this book called Caught, The Prison State and the Lockdown of American Politics by University of Pennsylvania professor um, Marie Gottschalk. And um, it's provocative um, because she kind of takes Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow to task on some level. But that's not the most provocative part of the book. The most provocative part of the book is this chapter where she... How did she take Michelle Alexander's yeah, task? Uh, she said she doesn't think that um, 
race, it's while it's true, I'm trying to remember her words, she says, while it's true that black people are disproportionately impacted by the criminal justice system, the carceral state, as she calls it, mm-hmm. she thinks a bigger, um, the bigger reason that we have mm-hmm. this massive explosion of incarcerated, incarcerated people is because of long prison sentences, um, um, what do you call those? Three strikes laws, mandatory minimums, and whatnot. But I think she, when uh, she makes yeah, that argument, she, I think those are two totally different exactly, arguments. Right. And, and Michelle Alexander Jim Crow was part of like just and, being trapped in yeah, the system. Yeah, and right. Michelle Alexander may said debate. I mean, she, for, she touches yeah. on those topics in her own book. Yeah, for to be continued. But anyway, the most episode. provocative part about Gottschall's book is a chapter where she talks about how um, another problem for the massive explosion of the prison state is that America is too harsh on sex offenders. And um, one of the biggest arguments that she makes in her chapter is that, for example, in some states you can be sentenced to uh, uh, 50 years for possession of child pornography. And she's, she thinks that's a victimless crime. And so, I mean... Are you finding it compelling? The sex offender report? The whole thing, so far. I mean, she, she brings up some, some good points. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting read, but I've been fixated on the whole sex offender and rather mm-hmm. we're too harsh on it. She said before the 1990s, it wasn't a federal offense to possess child pornography. So, I mean, it's food for thought. Is America too harsh on sex offenders, unlike the rest of the Western world? And is that by dismantling this um, this focus on sex offenders and not giving them so, you know, these extended prison times, can we bring down the overall prison population in the country? So, I, I know I'm sex right offenders, here. they are a marginal, a rightfully marginal right, group. Right, right. No one wants to defend them. Right, and so it's a question worth engaging with. It's that's why. That's well, why I, you know, people who you know share my moral it, background. It, we always, always want to. I want to engage And I guess like she must have forgot about Roman. Is, Roman so many Roman. cheap shots in the show today. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know it's from rough. And I guess I can make a cheap shot, but she forgot about the Roman Polanski and how that been dragged out or. Other stuff. Well, rich that's blood. a rich white man. Rich blood. Yeah, you know, scale. I guess that's a different scale yeah, of justice. Well, anyway, I think we have run six or seven minutes over, but it's been great. Thanks, Andrew, for joining Marvin One. I'm just glad that I can break <laughs> you guys up and you guys can get to <laughs> romance hugs. Oh, I don't do hugs. I don't hug people. But anyway, so this is Mars and Juan. <laughs> uh, I'm Mars. And I'm Juan. And thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week. He's going to hug. <laughs> no, I won't. No, I won't. <laughs>